What is going on, everybody? And welcome to the second episode in our mini-series titled Hollywood Already Did It Presents A History of Sitcoms Through WandaVision, where every week we look at an episode of WandaVision, we choose a couple sitcoms, and we dissect the episode itself, why we chose that decade, a quick history of why that decade of television resonated with audiences, what they were doing, the themes, and why those themes push Wanda and Vision's story forward. As always, I am your host, Blake Schultz, and with me today is Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And Jamie Jarek. Hello. All right, guys. Obviously, they did two episodes back-to-back, which ruined my entire distribution model, but you've seen <laughs> our first episode. You've seen both of them on Disney+. Plus. We are now talking about episode two of WandaVision. We are out of 1959. We have been thrust into a new era of sitcoms, and the first thing I want to bring up that I love that they did, and they are clearly doing this to evolve us through sitcoms. This episode opens with two single beds and a noise outside. If you've been watching your 60s sitcoms, you'll know that in Dick Van Dyke, they're always sharing beds. They're not sharing beds. They're doing the opposite of sharing beds. They have their own separate beds. Right. This was a very normal thing. If you know your movie trivia, and now you really know your movie trivia, you know that the first shared bed wasn't in the Munsters or in the Brady Bunch or in I Love Lucy. It was, in fact, in 1947. There you go. Jamie's got it. In a sitcom that barely lasted, it was one season, and I'm looking, Mary Kay and Johnny, the first time we saw it. I don't know why we went back on this. I don't, re- I don't believe there was any outcry. I don't think people were very upset. This was a married couple. They were sharing a bed. That's what happened. And I believe that they did it in the show because I think she was pregnant in real life, and they had. I think that they like had to write it in, and, and really, yeah. they they're never having sex if they're it's two. one of those religious things where like well they need to have this bed together because she's <laughs> pregnant and we have to explain that so put the beds together <laughs> yeah you really start when you see this getting some old like Hayes law stuff we couldn't say pregnant and i love lucy when she was pregnant in real life they always referred to it as her condition even though that was the first birth in sitcoms the same day she gave birth it's so wild to think like like every how everyone in the world was birthed and for it to be so taboo is so insane and in and, and and a proof of how sexist i said so prudish it was sexist and prudish especially america is they're like no we can't tell you how the babies get here but we're just here they just appear storks Look, i played yoshi's island baby mario showed up on a stork and that small dinosaur brought him to the castle <laughs> I don't know anything else. <laughs> yeah, the I, red. I also read that um, the first toilet ever seen was in Leave It to Beaver, and there was a big debate um, uh, about it. But I think they were like trapped in the bathroom or something, so they had to show it. So they like agreed to only show the tank um, of the toilet. But it's uh, what a silly. I mean, you think about it. Most sitcoms, especially in that era, did not. Other than when they were like possibly taking a shower never show things like we can show you that you get clean but the fact that you do anything else in that restroom can't show that that's not well and bathroom doesn't exist it's interesting because when you look at movies which destroyed vaudevillism around this time a part of the conversation was like well you buy a ticket to a movie you're buying into what you're going to see television we don't know who we're broadcasting to so they were being hypersensitive to a point where probably the majority of their audiences didn't care. 
I haven't looked at bed sales because I'm not insane, but I have to assume <laughs> that around the time these shows were getting made, single beds weren't outselling queens at any stage. Even if it, I'm a single man and I have a very large bed myself. If, if I, I would not be against, if I was living with a partner, I would not be against the idea of separate beds, but I'm not sleeping in a twin bed. No, no. Well, that's the we other thing. We have king beds in our room. I have heard that, that there's some people who that they're like, I still sleep apart from my partner or I'll have another room because I, I just, I like my space. But at the very least, I'm gonna have a queen bed by myself. I'm not sitting in a twin, a full at least. They're, they're doing twin sized beds here. What's wrong yeah, they're, with that? They're living a college dorm life. <laughs> I wonder, I, I don't know this, like was that actually common? Like in real life, did couples sleep in two beds? I don't know. Uh, I mean, it, like like in that, like the twin bed. Like I remember my grandparents had their own rooms because they my, were Yeah, my they grandparents also slept, but it wasn't, I don't know if it was anything I think it's just because they wanted their own space. I'm like, exactly. well, you snore, or you, yeah. I just want to be by myself for a little bit. Twin um, beds in the same room is is the the single the bed idea yeah. was very much a Protestant religious. All of these things mingling into our entertainment, our media, which I don't think it should, but it, it kind of did go back to that, like, well, unless you're married, you shouldn't be doing this, and unless the, 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 and we don't know who's watching or when they're going to be watching, so. We don't want somebody who's very, very, very about marital beds to turn this on and have never seen an episode and go, what are these people doing? Are those folks married? Then no, turn this blasphemy off. Cut to Game of Thrones 60 <laughs> years later and they're like, how do we get more nudity on the screen? We don't have a good finale. We need to crank up the nudity. But my... Uh, I, I should have been alive in the 70s because the 70s are like my favorite my favorite decade. Uh, my two favorite movies of all time were made in the 70s, Grease and Star Wars. But then I look at something like we get these like bisexual threesomes and I'm like, no, 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 I was meant to live now where I can watch my people accurately dis display on screen. <laughs> yeah, every now that I'm like, man, I was born in the wrong decade. Wait a minute, you mean, it's like that Austin Powers line where I'm like, well, as long as people are having promiscuous sex with many anonymous partners and at the same time, experimenting <laughs> with expanding drugs. And it's like, no, I think I landed right where I was supposed this to. This seems like the sweet spot. <laughs> um, Anyways, I bring this up because I love what the show does to evolve us into the next era of sitcoms. We see these separate beds and Wanda very much uses her powers to bring them together, fuses the beds, gets everybody cozy. We immediately start talking about sex. Uh, a first, I believe, for even just like the Marvel universe to just sort of candidly be like, yo, let's get under these sheets. Granted, well, Iron Man, I mean, Disney, I Tony, Tony, Disney, Tony, yes, yes, yes. That's true. That, uh, Tony did have his his moments, but um, but even but the couples really are shortchanged in most of the movies. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. I would love to have seen some Brutasha banging personally, but Jamie, this but, universe is filled with a lot of people that if you were like, <laughs> would you watch them have sex? I would be like, I like, mean, yes. yes. There's like no, no pairing I wouldn't want to see. Right. <laughs> right. Like, There's a lot of redheads in the universe. That's that a big pro like, for me. I would like both of them. That would be fun. I could see that. Um, yeah, it's 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 interesting. You're right. We don't really get too much of that type of talk uh, in anything that is uh, film related. But again, I think that's because we're going for general audiences. But it's, it's fun uh, to actually see them be humans 
as much as they can be as these characters are but that's Hanging what up in my bathroom is art of bucky and steve making out so as it should be um what's what i immediately smiled at with this episode after that part was the like a, a just we're going to do the bewitched opening animated bewitched opening i was like oh was, they're not even they're not even trying to say that we're, we're going for it they, the way that it was such a beautiful homage i mean it was so it was so perfect. I mean, the first the first episode, the opening was a little more vague, but I, I feel like the second episode was no one's denying. No, you're not denying that one at all. Well, um, the first episode, first of all, I want to talk about we're making individual openings and theme songs for every episode. Mm -hmm. yes. Amazing. I'm so excited for you guys to see episode three. Because some shows do that, like Big Van Dyke changed his per season sometimes, like they would change the way, like he would approach the ottoman differently he would walk around it or he would flip over it. he would like stumble over it but it wasn't the same but it would change per season this doing it per episode i'm like oh this is light because that means i get to look forward to whatever intro they do from this point on and i'm i am all in on well, that well it's brilliant for a lot of reasons we're homaging everything each one has kind of given us a sense of where we are right it's a it's kind of built the world and the characters and the first one we see oh we're here and we have a new house and we're establishing this this one was very like, pay attention to the background and get some context clues and see what's behind the curtain because now we know there's more going on. But also we live in a time where there's a skip intro button on Netflix. And I sort of like that this is just fingers up to that whole thing. Yeah, and I'm, I'm a very pro skip intro. I've been, I've been re-binging The Office on Peacock and not being able to skip that song every time, oh. is, it gets old. Um, but for shows like, like this, it'd be blasphemous to skip. Yeah, you can tell how much care and how much art and how much like dedication has gone into each of these intros. I'm like, nope, not doing that to anybody. Let me see what you guys are bringing me. And it's part of it. I mean, this intro had so many Easter eggs. Uh, like you, you would have missed so much if you tried to skip that. Yeah. Really? That song slapped. <laughs> Both me and my roommate, like just during the episode, we're like, WandaVision, WandaVision. Wanda. Like, we just sort of kept doing the song. I was like, yeah. we got to pay. It's only 30 minutes. It's asking us. We cannot <laughs> sing the song. I don't pick up songs well, so I like already forgot that that's how it goes. And you're like, got me going. Yeah. It's great. It's great. Uh, so obviously, what else did we think about this episode? is the big question. We've talked about the beds. We've talked about the intro. This episode was amazing. We fall right into a very classic trope and almost, I feel like the eighties uses it a lot. It's the classic, like, well, they're gonna close it down if you don't win the competition, Sonny. You gotta do the thing. We have both Vision and Wanda wanting to be more involved in the community. Vision with safety and figuring out who's in the neighborhood and meeting up with this guy's group that takes care of everybody. And Wanda wanting to win some notoriety points by introducing a magic show. And we, for the, it's the second episode. So saying the first time seems silly, but for the first time we really get to see this world beyond our side characters and our main characters and really see the nuts and bolts of it, the suburbia of it all. And yeah, we step out of the house because really we just went from house to work back to house in the first episode where this one you're like, oh, there's more to this than just what she what's been created at home. And I feel like even in the 60s, it's rare. And when I, I was kind of surprised when Elizabeth Olsen and Catherine Hahn are walking 
to um, Emma Caulfield's house and you're like seeing the neighborhood. That was like a big- Very rare. We're not you, just on two different stages anymore. Right, you didn't do tracking shots in, yeah. in, in the second show. So I also think it's something that really, it's interesting. It was jarring to me. Seeing people of color in a black and white sitcom was like, oh, this is weird. Because well, we just weren't around to do those. They weren't allowing us to do those type of sitcoms. I'm glad then. you brought that up because I feel like it also shows how uh, the influence of Schitt's Creek, I will say, that we're, and Bridgerton even, that we're now sort of seeing this like, I don't care how it was, be inclusive, like I, it, whatever. And it's not a big deal and we're not going to have a whole rhetoric about it. We can just exist in a world, which I also very much liked. But you're right. It's interesting to see like, it's so dumb to be like it's interesting to see inclusion but like, it was very it. weird for me to see a black woman in black and white because I, I i watched these like i love lucy and, and adam's family and all of those type of shows back in the day i was like oh yeah we that just wasn't normal and in the scene when i was like oh i i don't care but that's just like it is something that still brings like a, the spidey sense goes off a little bit like oh that's different i like it but it's different and she was so great this character was so great because it's it's another moment where you start to see the cracks where we go well where are who are you and why are you here oh i don't know and i'm very excited is it tayona paris that's her yes um she i'm just i'm loving the idea of adult monica rambo and i like that they told us ahead of time like they didn't have to we could have learned that along the way that she's um gonna be monica because right now she's uh geraldine geraldine Um, yeah but I, I love her energy. Um, uh, it, even just like watching her in interviews, I'm so excited that she's now part of the MCU. And, uh, and you, can, you can tell, like she's, she's gonna be so important. Yeah. I think what we're, what we're really starting to see, and I know our show isn't speculation and forward thinking based with the MCU itself, it's more about what it is here, but I've, what I'm really liking about this show in the context of the MCU is we're gonna start seeing the build out of the TV and the movie world and these characters that are going to be major players and somebody like this, we're not going to see in the same way that we saw Wanda and Vision in the movies where we got like fun little moments, but we never saw them fully realize like at best in Civil War, Vision shot a laser beam and, and made a literal line in the cement where he could have taken out everybody on that field. And now we're going to get to watch these characters grow in these idiosyncrasies that really only TV lets you do now. Yeah, we'll get a lot of these characters um, from Kamala to She-Hulk. We'll get them more fleshed out. So by the time they do show up in a film, we'll be like, oh, I know these guys. These are like my best friends now. Let's go hang out. <laughs> so this magic show. <laughs> so this, this, yes. this episode, we, we get so many, we get Paul Bettany in full force, goofy antics. There's literal gum gunking up his machinery. He can't do it. Uh, it's amazing. We see Wanda get to like take care of this mediocre white man like so many other women and couples have had to do. <laughs> and uh, and all for the sake of hilarious comedy, for the, for the type of comedy that I don't even feel you see in modern television. This was such like classic TV situational, like, oh, we know what she can do and they don't, and now watch them do things to make sure they fit in. And we as the audience laugh at this absurdity and everyone else thinks it's normal. I watched last night the Bewitched episode where where Samantha does a magic show with um, a really bad magician. So it was kind of the opposite where he couldn't do any tricks so she would use her magic 
to make this happen. Mm -hmm. And there was, she, um, she takes all these rabbits and they just like keep coming out of the hat. And then at the end, she reverses them and they fly back into the hat. And in the audience, the, the man, the woman, uh, there's a couple uh, and, the, and the woman's like, how is she doing that? And the guy's like, what? You've never seen a rabbit jump before? And the woman's like, duck backwards. And that felt the same as the woman in the audience where she's like, is that is that a mirror's work? I think they directly pulled from that yeah. episode. Um, and it's funny, like, there's like, like let's let have one smart woman who's like, I, are we? But that's a mirror. I, I don't think mirrors operate like that. <laughs> I love how we just threw that away. Is that yeah. how mirrors work? Shut up. I, so funny. My favorite kind of comedy is when someone's like, "Wait a minute," and somebody else is like, "No, no, enjoy right. the show." Like Stop. they are the right, they are the correct person. They are right, and what they're like, no, that's not, that's not it, how that works. Like silence. It almost <laughs> felt like two people on Twitter and someone being like, "Well, now hold on, Peter Parker's powers in the comics," and they're going to be like, "Stop, it's fake." <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's, we're not doing that today. Yeah, loved it. I also, I, I tweeted about this, but I, I have to bring it up because I love this. Um, Emma Caulfield plays Dottie and she's Anya on Buffy and Buffy is my favorite show of all time. And in Buffy, Anya has a fear of bunnies. And I loved that in this show, she gets to, she like gives an award to an act that featured a bunny. Like I know that probably didn't, wasn't on purpose, but it was uh, very fun for me to watch. Like poor Emma <laughs> Caulfield cannot escape bunny jokes no i'm um, a big fan of weird actor things like that yes. I'm like well you were afraid of them but now you're doing this <laughs> i yeah. it like that's range baby <laughs> She's doing it. there's nothing like facing your fears mm -hmm. She's the so of and i'm so i'm so excited she's on the show because she she starred in um a movie that was written directed by um i think her name is jack schaefer i think is the right mm -hmm. the head writer of wandavision and she wrote and directed a movie starring emma caulfield so that's how the connection came together. Um, I feel like also in the last episode, we didn't touch on this in, in uh, much, and it's the just the importance of, we kind of talked about it, Deb, just having Deborah Jo Rupp, a, a sitcom um, uh, staple between That 70s Show and Friends. Um, like she, she bring, Deborah Jo Rupp brings something that no one else does to the show, which is a sitcom royalty, basically. I was gonna yeah. say, she's very of the era. She's yeah. legacy. It, it's funny because this was the, I mean, obviously we only had two episodes, but I wasn't sure if us changing eras would lose, outside of Catherine Hahn, would lose the rest of the supporting characters because I didn't know if everybody was being brought on, but to see that that world was still expanding decade per decade with those characters still being a part and they're, they're upgrading to, to whatever decade they that, that made me happy because I, was, no, I also didn't want to lose Deborah Joe. Whatever <laughs> simulation we're in. I'm in. Is yeah. is going to keep having these characters change, and I and imagine that that's what the cracks will be. Is these characters right. will start to catch on? Because what you're saying, Terrence, you brought up, and we didn't talk about this in our last episode either, and we'll do it now. The camera work, the dolly shot, the tracking shot that you don't see in these kind of sitcoms, and the first episode also had that when the boss is choking and we start doing the stop it and it's the first time we do medium close-ups and close-ups yes and it feels like whenever there is something to really pay attention to is when they break from this because we see in that tracking shot is when we start going well here's the neighbor and the neighbor always has roses and these roses are always growing and these flowers are always perfect and she is always perfect and we're almost breaking from our sitcom mm -hmm. motif 
to kind of clue in the audience of like something this is the black cat walking twice in the matrix correct this is the glitch like focus up because it's the one area of, and whatever you've created or whoever is recreating this which i believe we all believe sort of is scarlet but whatever you're recreating you're cre recreating this off of what you've seen and know but you have to fill in the holes of what you do daily and you don't quite have that part and that's where the holes like the questions start coming in you're like oh these are the gaps this is where this stuff is existing even those of us with like extreme sitcom knowledge there you know there are still going to be gaps and i think right. that that's really cool i think that they're balancing it perfectly well i mean yeah even we can study sitcoms all we want but the reality is, is they were making 35 episodes a season for 40 years we are not going to know every detail yeah i think i think we we know enough that we can do this podcast. Yeah, yeah, we can fill in 30 <laughs> minutes of nonsense after we've had three drinks of pop. But <laughs> uh, he said after he just gulped down his whiskey. <laughs> um, but the rest of this episode was so great because it betrayed so many other stereotypes of sitcoms that I thought we were going to have. We see Vision join this male night watch group and here are the men and what do we fight? We fight a bunch of guys so you're on a, a gossipy sewing circle. Just yeah. like, they're what you expect the women in that time and I loved that. I Also one joke that I really appreciated was when Vision called the one gotten a communist. Um, because one, Vision probably knows for a fact that that man's a communist. He 100% knows, knows. yeah. Um, also, I saw somebody, I don't know who, I don't remember, but somebody tweeted um, like a communist joke in 20, like uh, I think they were thrown off by it. But I mean, in that time, that was, I mean. That was, that was the, the yeah. Cold War tensions were high. But also, that's just a good joke. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, such a good joke. Um, especially because, like, again, I really think that that guy's probably a communist. And I wonder if we should be aware of that. I wonder if I'm like, is he part of it? It's he, Maybe he's not a communist, but he's a member of S.W.O.R.D. Of and Vision, something. like, we right. called out somebody. Yeah, I feel like it had, like, I think that it's a great joke of the era, but also it might mean something. We may I, be paying I, more attention to him than, yeah. yeah. It was also... also um, a very not of the time was the masturbation joke and oh that, yeah yes that felt very out of left field like i don't mind a masturbation joke don't get me wrong but i was like but that felt very not of the time it also felt very not disney plus and i know that like the simpsons is on disney plus which is like also sort of weird uh but like yeah very 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 interesting that they tossed that in yeah, this is that this series for both episodes has had something, a couple of things where you're just like, I, whoa, this is for Disney, correct? <laughs> um, which is fine. I love, I think we're, if we're in a world where Disney Plus is creating these other Marvel series where one of them is Moon Knight, which is going to get super dark, you kind of have to start building this rapport I, where you're like, all right, we have to start. Nothing, well, everything's going to be PG or G. Now that Kevin Feige has just straight up been like, yeah, Deadpool's here and he's R rated, get over it. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. If they try to do a not R-rated Deadpool, I mean, come on. They also have to know, like, I was in college when Iron Man came out, right? I was a freshman in college. I've been doing this for the whole time. So even if they want to do the thing that I think we talk about in our generation so much of the stuff I loved grew up with me. The Animaniacs grew up with me and they started mm -hmm. making jokes that I understood. The Simpsons grew up with me. But da, 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 da. You hear, I say it all the time. It evolved the way I evolved. The MCU has to do it too. Mm -hmm. 
and you can you can walk that line i use the teenage mutant ninja turtles a lot of like that was a movie that towed so well on adults can be here and so can kids but we're not going to talk down to the kids and we're also not going to shy away from the adult violence like they, they we're don't here enough anymore um like movies like i i love a movie where like kid like the goonies where kids are saying shit and stuff i mean there's that's why i think stranger things works so well yeah we don't get a lot of that anymore um and and it's such a great job a great family genre where everyone in the family can enjoy something and i think disney especially is afraid of that um, and so th- it is cool to see to see a little jerk off joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think really when you start dealing with the uh, themes that these sitcoms deal with, you have to grow up a little bit because look, we we talked about on our last episode with the, which if you didn't watch, go do it right now because I'm not repeating go. my long rant about the '60s themes and whatnot. But we talked a lot about the Kennedy assassination, Vietnam, escapism, Bewitched being part of that. But really, and we're going to use Bewitched as our show to compare with this episode because they've quite literally done the magic show episode. And the theme yeah. is quite literally from Bewitched and Scarlet Witch is lit in the name. She's a witch. It's in the name. <laughs> and, and I'd like to add that um, I watching Elizabeth Montgomery, last night I was like, whoa, Elizabeth Olsen and Elizabeth Montgomery have some very similar features. They gave them, they gave Elizabeth Olsen the hairstyle that Samantha had in a lot of episodes, and there are moments when I'm like, oh my god, they look yes. strikingly alike. No, we are beautiful women named Elizabeth who are very good at this role of playing yeah. a witch. I'm You can just are... swap them like you did the dicks in in, in Bewitch, and it'll be fine. The, the two Darrens, like Dick York and Dick. The coincidence yeah. of the dicks. <laughs> I think swapping dicks could be the new name of the show. I don't know. <laughs> I think uh, I think I don't know that it's this show, but I, I think we gotta copyright that title. We gotta lock something. that one in. <laughs> but when you look at Bewitched in the context of the '60s, and when you look at the Dick Van Dyke show, that was a very like we're bridging the '50s and the '60s. We are we're taking a little bit of this. Bewitched is a '60s sitcom through and through, 1964 to 1972. We are in the middle of the civil rights movement. People are now looking. Betty Friedman has written a whole essay criticizing women in this era. They are housewives. They're stereotypical. We are in the march of feminism. Why are we still doing this? And when you look at Bewitched, they said we're not. We have characters every episode talking about why housework and housewives are mundane and why we should be elevated we have women saving the men we literally every episode is them going we're gonna make the husband we're gonna cast him on a spell and he can't do taxes she's got to step it up and save the day she's got to go through a whole routine to get him saved and fix fix his stuff interesting this is a good point because watching some episodes i was like did this didn't age well to me but it, it but now i'm thinking it did age well it's just they were very aware of how much men fucking suck yeah i so said there are parts of it that really work i think it is an analogy for like mixed couples or interracial couples or like people that are like one person's different than the other uh and i think that works that's that still holds strong we set it off before we got on mic jamie Darren's an asshole. Oh, I and, hate Darren. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I watched the episode last night where Andorra um, puts like this truth 
um, thing where uh, Darren must tell the truth. Anyone coming here must tell the truth. And it starts with his secretary. And his first truth is, wow, your dress is so tight. And then the secretary touches it and she's like, I wore it for you. And I'm like, oh, I hate this. And then even worse, later, Samantha comes down in rollers and he's like, I don't want to see you in, in looking like this. Imagine if I came down in shaving cream. And it's like, this is this man's truth? Yeah. Uh, I want him to die. It's... Uh, it's so weird watching this now because I feel like most of the jokes or the comedy come at the expense of being a witch. So Darren is like this bigot who has married a witch and he wants the, the witch to not own her bigot. It would, be like if, it would be like if a white person married a black man and was like, hey, stop being black. I want you to always, I don't want any of your, your culture or anything that you do to ever come out, ever. When your grandma, when your mom comes over, tell her black ass to stay in the closet. I don't want to have anything to do with her. That's what this feels like. Oh, this is very troubling. I want to get a t-shirt that says Endora was right. <laughs> she, was. she was. I mean, well, that, yeah, it, it's, it, it's interesting looking back at it. And you're right, Jamie, it doesn't hold up well. And the, the thing about art is that certain things of it can work and certain things can't. We, Terrence and I often talk about the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers because we're children. I, I love yeah. you, gee. <laughs> I mean, with me. and and look, it's very easy to look at that show in the context and go, well, it really like it's kind of racist. We made the Yellow Ranger yellow and the Black Ranger black, and the girl was a Pink Ranger. But when you then look at like I don't know Seinfeld, Friends, every other show on in the '90s, Power Rangers was more diverse. Mm -hmm. we we can both look at the pros of something and also go like, hey, they did something right. There's still work to be done though. Mm -hmm. Like y'all stepped it up because like Seinfeld very much is it's very, I love that show, but it is it is whiter than I am. And you can tell, <laughs> like, I could honestly write a, a whole book on why I think Billy was in love with Jason. And I know Billy, the actor's gay in real life, but I think character-wise... Jamie, we were in all in love with Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe I was in love with Kimberly and didn't realize it. We were uh, also all in love with Kimberly. Oh, yes. We were also all into Kimberly. I hate to make this the Mighty Morphin Power podcast, but look, <laughs> this whole Kimberly-Tommy nonsense, <laughs> that dude got a leadership role by default. Because Jason ran off to help the UK and Rocky showed up, didn't yeah. know what he was doing. And Zordon was like, I guess you are evil, but you weren't. Have a white ranger suit. And Kimberly was like, why not? I like this now. Fine. You're but, here. But Jason took on Eye Guy. He took on the pumpkin wrapper. He took on King Sphinx. He didn't need the Green Ranger's dinosaur. That man ran a whole season of leadership for this man with his Godzilla dinosaur showed up and stole his girl and stole his job. Yeah. Nonsense. Uh, our next podcast is going to be a Power Rangers. Clearly. Podcast. You just say when. It's <laughs> funny. My best friend Jake and I have used to talk about doing that um, many years ago and then it never happened. So I'm sure we'll get a small <laughs> but loyal audience. <laughs> you know, interesting, um, uh, uh, not to talk too much about Power Rangers, but it's a big, Power Rangers a big beat at comicbook.com. 
And I once posted a bunch of pictures of me as a little kid. I was so obsessed as like a five, six year old. And my boss messaged me when I posted that picture. And he's like, I didn't know you were into Power Rangers. Like we need people to, to write up Power Rangers. I'm like, no, no, no. I was into Power Rangers 25 years ago. I don't know what's happening I have, now. I have no idea. Like, I think I stopped at Turbo and I was like, everything else, I don't I, know what's happening. Mighty Morphin or Bust. I don't know. I, I only know that I did a little bit of Turbo because I have the red Turbo action figure at home. And yeah. literally when I found it the last time I was there, I was like, I didn't watch this. What is did... this? Who bought me this toy? Their How mask is a star. <laughs> and then exactly. he stole his color. Then Tommy was the red Turbo Ranger. What is this yeah. nonsense? <laughs> but bewitched. <laughs> but bewitched thematically. Yeah. So we start getting into bigger ideas that other sitcoms didn't, right? We are dealing with the taboos of interracial couples. We are now in a show that is very much about the not just repressing who you are, but the intricate dangers of denying who you are. And our main character is trying so hard to be normal and be a person. And everyone around her is very much like, you're a witch, be a witch. You have married mediocrity. Yeah, the, her cousins keep coming, her uncle keep coming around, her aunts like, hey, you're a witch. Why are you with this, this this nothing and you're like all of her family was correct they were just trying to save her and you are literally telling everything that makes you you silence which is just gross yeah it's hard to watch poor samantha uh hide that part of herself for this idiot he's no dick van dyke (laughs) not at all and does he, like, I, I don't remember well enough. I only watched a few episodes. I, he doesn't care either. She's doing this because no. society is, or am I no, wrong? He, I, because I even watched an episode that actually pointed out, he specifically has like a mandate that I, he was like, I told you, I thought we came to agreement that you're not going to do any type of witchcraft in the home. And I told your, your mom not to do any witchcraft. So he's literally putting a ban, like, don't do any of this stuff in the crib. I'm All like, right. Ugh. Physically, like, uh, like so upset because men, you know, I, 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 thankfully, I have never been in that kind of relationship, um, but I certainly know people who have, um, and uh, as so, uh, and it's hard to watch because you can't say anything. Like, um, my, my a friend was married, and it's like they're married. You can't, you know, I can't be like your husband's a fucking asshole. <laughs> and it's that same kind of thing and it's and it's interesting because you know then it was witchcraft and that's fictional but I right. think, but like I said when I said before it, it it didn't age as poorly as I thought it did because it feels real and like you said with like interracial couples and everything it it kind of hit hard and I don't know if they meant to make it's, it well it's interesting I right before we did this I looked up an, an interview with the star of Bewitched and she was recently asked is there any chance that this show was about closeted individuals that this was very much a show about repression and not being who you are and what she said was yes it's a show about the dangers of not being who you are it's something we talked about on set it's something that when we were shooting we brought up closeted people interracial couples all of these bigger ideas that we're now seeing in the show did we talk about it in the writer's room of course not because at the time because look, we, we talked about this in the last episode, right? There was in the 60s very much a, the sitcoms aren't political. 
People mm-hmm. are turning on their TVs and watching the Vietnam War and they're watching Lee Harvey Oswald and they're watching the Cuban Missile Crisis. The last thing they want to do is watch all of this nonsense and then turn on to Bewitched and have a story about interracial couples and closeted homosexuals. Correct. And they like, went, you, yeah. nah. Right. You have to give, if you're going to give them that, you have to sort of spoon feed it into a way that they can kind of like, they can readily take it. Like, all right, look, we're doing an interracial couple. We're doing this, but we're going to make them both look, at least on appearance, they're going to both be white so that you can digest this in a way that's the easiest for you. Because you're right, until the 70s, we don't start getting shows like Sanford and Son and All in the Family, because that's when they're like, look, we're just going to beat you over the head with all of the ethnic stuff and all the political stuff that we can. Here, we're still got to play it safe because you guys aren't ready for all of this truth that we we have to give you. And I mean, look, I you're seeing- I that, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go, Jamie. I was, I don't, uh, having seen the third episode and knowing it's like a 70s, I won't get, I don't think we're going to see a lot of uh, All in the Family stuff um, unless episode four gets there. And that bums me out because I, because All in the Family I, I is, I think one of, well, obviously a lot of it didn't age well. It was still it's ahead of its time. It is very important for it is. history. And it's um and you know, it, it gave us the Jeffersons and it and mm. there's so much about all in the family that that show when I was a kid was a big part of my education in terms of um just just understanding a lot of things and and, and recognizing racism in terms of the way Archie spoke. Uh, and and we know I spent a lot of the last episode praising Carl Reiner and I think Rob Reiner followed his father's footsteps beautifully um, and I, I I wish that one um, vision was gonna go there but I, I don't think it will and I was... And I think a lot of it is because it's more, this is more family sitcoms and while on the family has family in the title it's not yeah, it gets yeah, really well, dicey. A lot. Like, the kids come into play, like, at the end, they brought in that girl, and All in the Family got messy at the end. But, um, <laughs> but um, it's a sh- I do think that All in the Family is a really important piece of sitcom history that I wish the show would have. I, well, there's going to be a lot of pieces of sitcom history that I feel like the show is going to miss because <laughs> they're white. Like, when we start getting into things like the Jeffersons and good and the Cosby show and good times and yeah. fresh Prince of Bel-Air, unless we really are going to boost up the, the people of color characters that are in the show and give them an episode. There are just narrative stories that Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen are not meant to give us. You just remind this just made me think in Captain Marvel, young Monica Rambeau talks about watching Fresh Prince. So I feel like when we get to the 90s episode, it would be a disservice to the character Monica Rambeau if we if don't she's do- present if and doesn't bring yeah. up. We yeah. need some kind of Fresh Prince reference just because we know Monica Rambeau grew up watching Fresh Prince. Well, you also if we're really gonna do this, and right now we are really doing this, then yeah, when you get to when you get to the '90s, it can't just be a Roseanne episode. I need a little Seinfeld. I need a little Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I need a little Friends. I need, there are you. Maybe it's because I that's when I grew up. But I'm like when I think '90s sitcoms, I'm like, man, you can't reduce this down. That was when we really started doing so many different things. In yeah, I mean, I I remember the '90s as watching at the same time watching Cosby Show, Married with Children, and Roseanne, the Power Rangers, and thinking that they were and Saved by the Bell, and thinking that they were all drastically different, but loving them for different reasons 
each of them like at a high level. So just I, some other, sorry, Jamie. I, was, I think the eighties, um, my guess is that it's going to be mostly family ties um, based on, show. based on the trailer, the, the setup of the, their house looks very family ties. Um, and I like, I've talked about this. I mean, cheers is very important to me. You know, I've got a giant thigh tattoo of Will Sternen. Um, uh, but I, I don't see them using that because it's a workplace sitcom and they're not doing workplace stuff. That's a good point. It seems like all the sitcoms they're choosing to go on are family-based. So once well, you Dick Van get Dyke out of that, and the pilot were very workplace it's oriented. Both. Dick Van Dyke is, it's both. Is both. And then right. and there are sitcoms, plenty of sitcoms where you get both the workplace and the home place. But, um, but Cheers is certainly not one of them. Because right. Bewitched also technically is a, a workplace, mm -hmm. but it mostly focuses on Darren's work. But this episode did not have him going to where he went to a, hang out with his friends. No. Shall we get back to this episode or is there more wonderful sitcom history? There's, I have a few other just like fun little things to throw in that I think are good for, yeah, yeah, go for this episode. We're starting to see a lot of the like tropey stories of the the competition to get some notoriety in the suburbs some the bigger world that started we started seeing in here there was a lot of like competitions to get noticed wherever you were in your society i think it's also kind of worth mentioning we've been in black and white this entire time and the end of the episode we transition into color it's perfect to use bewitched because it's the show that it's switched show. halfway through its season yeah. And it's sort of what I brought up with the beds, how we're transitioning through the decades. And I think it's worth mentioning that, you know, the first color broadcast was in the 50s. Color TVs were sold in 1953, but similar to HD TVs and today and 4K TVs right now, they exist, but they are not the norm. And it was not until the 70s that color TV finally outsold black and white. And as we exit this episode, we enter the 70s and it, it's, I love that they're bookending these shows by literally evolving where we are. And if you're clued into some of these details, and the next step I think will be camera work, right? When we go to the eighties and the nineties, it will be the leaving of the camera. It will be the changing of the laugh tracks. Switching and, frames, yeah. Yeah, there, if we ever do an office episode, there will just be some weird cut to Wanda being like, and that's when I knew Vision. <laughs> They, right. keep, they keep referencing Modern Family, which makes me think that once we get to the 2010s, 2000s, they're going to do talk. Like talking, the, the documentary, mockumentary yeah. style. Of yeah, comedy. I think yeah. that I, I, I would be shocked if if we didn't get one mockumentary episode. I, I'm looking forward to it. That also tells me we're only getting one season, though. When I'm like, ah, we're leaving in the 2010s. Mm. Yeah, because we're, we're burning through the eras pretty quickly. So um, then why for this episode and this story and for wanda and for vision why bewitched what is thematically happening that is pushing this character forward what are the wants and needs that we're seeing from these characters in any chapter in their mcu lives that this is giving them um we spoke a little bit about how bewitched as a whole just deals with repression and i think that's one of the biggest things is that it's it feels like Wanda, whoever's creating this world, but Wanda specifically creating this world to say, hey, I don't want to be out and doing the things that you guys have me doing. I just want to live this. So I'm repressed. I don't want I don't want anybody to know that we're special. I don't want anybody to know. I just want to be uh, 
or the unusual couple, as they keep referring to themselves as oh, at the end of each episode. I just want to be that. And in doing so, Bewitch sort of lends that self to it because that entire series is about Samantha placating to Darren, but placating to Darren to say, hey, I'm going to repress who I am just so that we can live in this world together without anybody knowing the ins and outs of who I am. And so when we're doing all those magic tricks, she's she's hilariously, hilariously trying to stop all the jokes that drunken drunken vision are doing it's great because it's like oh yeah this is her still trying to like nope nobody can know nobody can know let me whack them all we, we can't put that out there we have to be as normal and as as human as we possibly can um and that thought those that follows very much the through line throughout the entire series of what bewitched was jamie yeah. do you have anything to add do you think terrence no i think that was a, that was great uh i mean you know there's the obvious it's a witch. <laughs> Big fan of Occam's Razor yeah. on the show. I like just being like, maybe it's for fun. <laughs> uh, it was the obvious choice uh, in terms of that. Uh, but yeah, I think that um, there's so many, there were so many reasons for this. Because the first, like we talked about before, the first episode was felt like a, a lot of things in one, but this episode was bewitched. 100%. And um and uh, I will give a little teaser that next week is pretty Brady Bunch. It's um, a very gallery view yeah. Zoom episode. Um, <laughs> it's like, it's really just, I mean, that Brady Bunch house, you know it, you know that look. It's uh, down the street from me, apparently. Like, as soon as this pandemic is over, I'm coming to visit. Can't get me to the Brady Bunch house. I just found um, out somebody posted on Instagram. It was like just a slight jog. And I was like, wait, that means it's a slight jog from me. Ooh, <laughs> if uh, I was athletic, I could go see it. I'm I'm like a little, a teaser for next week is that um, tune in for the Jamie Girac knows way too much about the Brady Bunch special. Um, I love it. I, I, the Brady Bunch is a very important program to me, and I'm excited for that aspect to talk about. Great. I feel like the other, you know, obvious things that we see too that parallel Bewitched is the gum is very much a spell. Suddenly vision doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Wanda's got to pick up the slack. We see that. That's just some other fun parts of the episode. We uh, once again, Catherine Hans steals it. I don't know how anyone does this sober. Another kind of like line, Disney Plus joke. That line made me die. I was like, yeah, no, I agree. Well done, Catherine. <laughs> we uh, we meet the head of this weird Stepwordwise community. Everything is for the children, and we all echo for the children. We still have this Pleasantville horror kind of undertone that keeps happening. That I love. There are no children in the show yet, but everything is for the children. And yeah. she and and it ended with her becoming pregnant. So, so yeah. I mean, I know we're not speculating here, but whoever's doing these experiments, my big plan, my thing is someone's trying to rebuild Vision for nefarious purposes, and they're probably trying to get a little wand out of it too. Like there's mm -hmm. something's happening. Uh, so I think you know that's exactly where this character was. Talk about, that's why they that's why they always try to keep the beds separate. See what happens, folks. When you put the beds together, she becomes pregnant at the end of the episode. Damn it! Remember when they did that on Family Matters where uh, Steve and Laura kissed and she's immediately pregnant? That kind of horrified me as a child. It was also interesting to make her pregnant because so many sitcoms 
have had to sort of deal with the taboo of like sane pregnancy, but most of their stars got pregnant and they sort of just dealt with it. Go, well, or go out of their way so to do like, extreme <laughs> camera angles to hide it. You'd be like, why is there a watermelon randomly in I front of the, this woman the right now? The best is Seinfeld. We just threw Elaine in less baggy clothes for a while and just didn't ask questions. I, I think that no, no one did it better than Friends, which is Phoebe's just going to have her brother's baby. That was uh, innovative. <laughs> I mean, you go back. Perfect circle, because Deborah Jo Rupp was the mother. I love that she's still here. I could watch that woman act. I still go um, to Kitty from that '70s show, but I know she's had an illustrious career. I mean, that's she. I think she knows that's what she, you know. She's Kitty. Uh, that's. I'm gonna plug real quick that I'm interviewing her on Tuesday, so keep an eye out, folks, for the video of me talking to Deborah Jo Rupp. I'm there. I. It hasn't happened yet. I could bomb and be embarrassing myself. But, <laughs> Look, but you now, handled yourself with fine. Muppets. I think you can handle yourself here. I've never been more starstruck in my life than talking to Pepe the King Pro. If I can talk to Pepe the King Prong, I can talk to Deborah <laughs> Guys, how are we feeling? Do we want to wrap? We feel good. Does anyone have anything else? I think yeah. we're good. The show's great. If you want us to speculate, go elsewhere. It's sword and the you know I feel I, I said this, I was like, man, with Mandalorian, I was avoiding spoilers. And I feel like now I go on Twitter and I am overloaded with theories. And a part of me just wants to watch the show unfold. I know yeah. the comics. I know where we're probably going. I, it's fine. I just want to sit back and enjoy myself every Friday and then talk to two of my favorite people about sitcoms and give it to an audience that hopefully enjoys the show. And I, if you did it... Oh, go on, Jamie. That was it. I would just say green with you. Oh, and if you did enjoy the show, you should let us know by sounding off in the comments, hitting that subscribe button, which is somewhere around there, probably there, there, I don't know. If you're listening to us via the podcast, via the audio channels, you will hit the subscribe button, you will leave us a review, and you will share the show no matter what. You will retweet it, get it to people. You know someone who would enjoy it. Terrence and I do market research. You're similar to your friends and their consumer habits. You can give us to someone. It's fine. Obviously, you can follow me at, as always, Blake. You can then listen to my other two podcasts, How Do You Figure, about action figure and toy collecting, and You Can't Do That Anymore, a show I do with Terrence that Jamie has been on where we go through old movies and whether or not you can make them in this our year 2021 or shouldn't wouldn't or couldn't either way there's a lot of problematic things that we liked um jamie tell us all about your things you can find me at jamie cinematics on twitter and uh, like i said keep an eye out for my deborah joe rep interview which is coming next week um for for comicbook.com and um, i've done a couple other podcasts where i talk about the marvel theories um, so follow me on Twitter to see those. But I got to say, um, my sitcom knowledge is is better than my Marvel knowledge, which is embarrassing as a comicbook.com employee. But that's just my truth. I, I know a lot about sitcoms. So this is the place to tune in. Look, guys, if you want our theories, tell us in the comments. We'll do it. I'll get them all together. It, it's it's fine. But I assure you, you've seen other people do them already. All the which same. I, yeah. Yeah. No one's going left. No one's like, I think they're dead. And this is the last five minutes of Wanda's brain activity. No yeah. one's going like there. Dark real fast. <laughs> Every, yeah. Everyone's kind of pitching the same stuff. No mm -hmm. one's throwing out any like, well, I don't know. Maybe this is how we introduce, uh, not the X-Men, but we're bringing the Inhumans back and we're on the island. <laughs> 
we're all Magneto's coming. He's going to show up. Uh, maybe I just said that like I had inside information. I'm going to hit the stop button and I'll see y'all next week. Did Terrence plug his name? He's at, Ter- would you like to Terrence? They're here. They're on the I mean, channel. Yes. If they're, if they're listening on this channel, then they should know, but it's at Terrence okay. Tatum. I'm all right. here. I apologize. <laughs> but no, good catch, Jamie. Good catch. Keeping me honest. <laughs>